Welcome to the Twice as Easy podcast, where we take controversial topics and make them easy to talk about. Grab your headphones, sit back, and listen away. Hello, everyone. It's Courtney Grace. Hey, it's Erica. Thank you all once again for tuning in with us today for our third episode of Twice as Easy. Today, we'll be discussing immigration and culture, and more specifically about our experiences with growing up as Ghanaian Americans. Yes, so today is our second to last episode of season one of Twice As Easy. And we wanna thank you guys so much for, you know, coming this far with us. But before we get into that, um, we're just gonna do a little daily checkup. And yeah, let's let Erica get into that. Yeah, so as our daily checkups, we're just gonna ask, each other how we are so how are you Courtney and how's your week been going so far um I'm good my week was going great I think it I'm just glad it went by fast and school is coming to an end really really soon so I'm just really excited about that um yeah how about you it's going good um not too bad you know we're getting through it so yeah and any new things, anything interesting, any updates with you? Um, so far, nothing like, you know, really major. But uh, the same thing, like I said, prior graduation is coming up. So that's a really good update and it's exciting. So we can't wait for that. What about you? Yeah, same with me, like just graduation and just trans like transitioning into college. So that's the major change for me. That's good. So let's get into what we're gonna be talking about today, background information, essentially where we are or where our parents are from. So both of our parents, Erica and I um, are from Ghana. Um, I'm, I was born in Ghana and my parents were born and raised in Ghana, but I didn't, I wasn't like, I didn't grow up there. So yeah, I don't know, Erica, if you want to touch a little, I know it's pretty similar, but yeah. (laughs) So same thing with me, both parents born and raised in Ghana, but for me, unlike Courtney, I was raised in the States. So yeah, that's pretty much the only difference. Yeah. I mean, I was raised in the States as well. I was just born there. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so confused. Anybody, sorry. Yeah, I was born there. I was like, yeah, that wasn't. I wasn't raised there, so don't come asking me all these questions. <laughs> but anyway, okay, yeah, okay. So a little bit more into Ghana and its culture and society. So the main dominant language in Ghana is English. Surprisingly, due to the fact of the difference in tribes and the difference in languages, so the common language that everyone can speak is English. And some of the history behind it, the first president of Ghana was Kwame and Kuma. He was the one that who kind of broke free from British rule and colonialization. I don't know why I, could, I couldn't say that for a second. And Independence Day for us is March 6, 1957. And just some of the regions in Ghana, the Volta region for one, Ashanti, um, the Northern region, and then into the tribes, 
just like you said, like Ashanti, there's Ewe going to the Volta as well. Um, Ashanti. And yeah, is there anything I'm forgetting or anything you want to add for me? Yeah, so I guess we can go into what um, tribes I guess our families are from. So for me personally, my mom's side of the family, they're Shanti and my dad is Fanti. But when you, like, according to the culture, like when you get married, um, the child is whatever the dad's side is, like whatever tribe the dad is. So I, if anybody were to ask Mo what's my tribe, I would say Fanti because my dad's Fanti. Yeah. Um, a little interesting fact about the Fanti people. If many, if you've seen anybody who's Fanti, majority of the time they are of a lighter, like, skin complexion and that's because of um the fancy people were near the coast like coastal regions of ghana so that's where the colonizers were coming in on the boats and you know they would have what they what the historians would say is relations but we you know we all know what it actually was and then the product of that would be lighter skin tone. so um a good amount of my outside of the family is very like of a lighter complexion i thought it's like really important i just found that very interesting because many fancy people that i've encountered are are lighter skin and I'm like oh why why is that so I just found it really interesting so yeah yeah and for me um just like Courtney said like we kind of take over the dad's side but I still mention it like I mean if someone asks but for me my mom is from the Ewa tribe or like the Vulture region and then for my dad Ashanti so most of I guess the dominance in our house hold I guess, like, I see more of, like, Ashanti and just the dominance of always speaking tree in the household. So that's one of the also, yeah, one of the other main languages of Ghana, tree. Tree, yeah. Yeah. A lot of dialects. So there's tree, fanti, um, ada, ga. So there's many of them. And, yeah, I think, I think it not only, like, it all depends on your family, their background, like, the tribe they come from, and it's very interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I know mainly, in a, like, if you're from Accra, it's mainly common for you to know Ga a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like in certain cities, a lot of people speak it. And then I guess, like, for the Ashanti people, it's just mainly tree. Right. All the time. Yeah. And obviously for Fancy and Ewe people, is their own language, like Ewe. Yeah. Um, and then into our favorite foods. So I think one um, of my favorite foods would have to be bamku and okra soup. So it's kind of made out of, it's kind of similar to food and soup in a way, but it's kind of made with, I think, cornmeal, something like that. Um, not cassava, but it's something with corn. And it's kind of like in like a powder consistency and then they kind of make it on the stove and then okra is like basically from the vegetable and then they make it with like oil and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I'm saying okay. Like I haven't had it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. Um, my favorite is rice ball. Um, Erica can say it, the actual name <laughs> if she wants to, but um, my favorite is rice. Yeah. Say it. Say it again. Oh, yes. Um, I didn't want to butcher it. I don't want to say, but I was butchering it too, but yeah. I guess it's the best I could do right now. So rice ball is my favorite. I always change up my favorite foods, but like I just remembered rice ball and peanut butter soup. 
so good to me. Like I can really feast on that for a good month or two. Like that could, I just really love it. It's really good. So rice ball is literally just rice formed into a ball. That's exactly what it is. And it's just amazing. And it's so good with the peanut butter soup. And I don't know. I feel like everybody should try peanut butter soup. I feel like when people hear, they're like, peanut butter. Like, no matter, like, what culture or whatever, like, I feel like peanut butter soup is a staple. Yeah. It's my favorite. Well, it's not my favorite, Mm -hmm. but it's up there. It's in the top three. Mm. But, yeah. For me, it would have to be light soup. But yeah. Soup, yeah, peanut butter soup. It doesn't really. I think when people hear that, they think it's like actual. Oh, they think the actual peanut. You don't really. It has a distinct taste to it, but you don't taste like oh, peanut butter and jelly kind of taste. No, <laughs> no, that's not yeah. how it tastes. It has a very distinct and, um, I guess spicy kind of take to it. Yeah. Really, so yeah, that's definitely one of my top, top, top favorite foods. Yeah. And just some of the traditions in Ghana, or I guess in our households. I think one common one that we always see would have to be like the left and the right hand, just always giving everything. So basically, if you don't know about Ghanaians, you have to give everything with respect, if you want to show respect, give everything with your right hand. So it doesn't matter if it's a handshake, piece of paper, or anything like that, you have to give, you have to use your right hand because they think your left hand is basically used for like downstairs and using the bathroom. So have to use your right hand like for respect for respect yeah it's seen as disrespectful if you use your left hand to greet anyone or pass something to them with your left hand um i am like a lefty so (laughs) it was kind of just ingrained in me to be like listen girl i don't know why you're giving this with your left hand but yeah that's pretty interesting even eating i used to get made fun of because I was using my left hand to eat with everything. And my mom was like, I just can't take it. You have to use a spoon. You have to use this because whenever you use your hand, I just, it just, it makes me cringe. So I remember just, yeah. while everybody else was eating baku with their hands and doing that, I was only going to stay at the table with the spoon because you know, this is just too much for me. Like you have to, you have to use this. You have to use some utensils. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. And I guess we can get into music, artists, and Afrobeats. So Erica. I mean, we're going to save some for the next episode, but it's sad because, like, I feel like Nigerians kind of control or dominate the Afrobeat world. But for me, some of my favorite artists, Ghanaian artists, would have to be, hmm, I'm feeling a little, like, sensitive <laughs> about Kitty because his new song right now is not it. But um, it would have to be him. Um Jackie is new. She's really good. Um, Stoneboy. Who else? And I guess, like, kind of like the Ghana throwbacks as well, because they were a staple. Right. Ghana um, history and music with, like, high life, hip life. Um, so I guess some of them would be, like, Quadrantry, um, Daddy Lumba, of course. And, uh, and Miss Bell. She made some. She made some staple bangers. 16 years. That was a pivotal moment for me. So, yeah. Okay, mind you guys, I'm just going to go off what Erica said. I agree with all the things she said. but (laughs) We're laughing right now because she listens to a lot more Ghanaian artists, like the old ones, 
than I did. I wasn't really being played in my household. My, my parents, like my family knows them, but it was just like, I didn't grow up listening to it. But yeah, I'm going to have to agree. Daddy Lumba, for sure, like a classic. I honestly really enjoy his music. Um, <laughs> I don't know why she's laughing. Okay, so I'm going to get into Afrobeats because I know a lot more of Afrobeats than I do, unfortunately, of the high life and past Kenyan artists. So I'm going to say Kitty was, he's not my favorite, but somebody I listened to and Erica put me on to him. Never listened to him before Erica. Um, Kwame Eugene, a little bit here and there, you know. Um, a little trifling, but. Yeah, exactly. But he's okay. Uh, Mr. Easy, for sure. Oh, my goodness. I've been sitting for so long. Um, why am I forgetting people? Um, how do you say his name? He's like, whatever him. I can only say it in the song. He's like, yeah. um, him. And then we have um, R2Bs. That's how you say it? Right? Yeah, R2Bs. How could I forget R2Bs, King Promise? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of other ones. Oh, goodness. I don't know I'm forgetting them. But mostly, oh, David O, obviously. Burner Boy. What? Come on now. Come on. Theme song and everything. Yes. If you don't know, you don't know. You don't so. know. Like, he's just so fire. Oh, my gosh. Like, everything he releases. Like, he never disappoints me ever. But, yeah, that's about that's about what we're going to get into right now. So, yeah, that's that's it. Um, So, we can get into... Cultural morals, respect and disrespect, and it's essentially the same thing as the left hand, the greeting. But I think it's also like respect is definitely a big thing in Ghanaian culture, and I think African culture in general. Um, respecting those who are older than you is really important, no matter if they're only a year or two older. You need to respect them. Um, I know for sure my parents still respect aunts and uncles even as adults. It's just something you do, whether you agree with them or not. You don't um, be just, you're not, you're not disrespectful. You don't have an argument with them. So I remember always being in school and no matter what, like whatever teacher or principal I had, even if I was like, oh, I do not agree with what they're saying. I feel like they're so rude. I'd always be like, okay, yes. Cause it was just always ingrained in my head that you need to respect those who are older than you, whether you think you, whether you agree with them or not. So respect is definitely a big thing. So yeah. Especially with the respecting like, um, like adults respecting their aunts and uncles still, yeah. still calling like people that who are not even related to you aunt yeah. and stuff like that because that is shown already as respect or even calling someone elder and stuff like that because I know my church still does that so yeah for sure my mom is always making me even people that are not related to us like Erica said I always still call them auntie this auntie that uncle this uncle that it's just a sign of respect so misconceptions about where we're from, I guess we can get into Africa in general, the stereotypes. So I remember when I was a kid, I got a lot of, oh my goodness, you're going to Africa. That's so scary. You're going to the jungle. Um, the tiger is going to eat you. I remember getting that one. I was like, what are you talking about? But um, that's definitely one that we are from a jungle. I mean, I don't think that, that's not that's not that's not the case for me um, at all um yeah so that's definitely one of them erica can piggyback off of that i guess yeah it's just sad that we're all familiar with the same kind of lines like mm -hmm. oh african movie scratcher like just the mm -hmm. whole like oh you guys are dirty you guys smell just the same stereotype over and over again people thinking that you speak african i've gotten that multiple times multiple times, <laughs> multiple times. hey so you speak african 
No, that's a continent, not a language. Um, and the whole thing, like how Africa is just one big country. Like we're all very, very diverse, even just within one country itself. Yeah, it's very true. And like I guess with the stereotypes, you know, just the same thing over and over again with you know that Africans are just even even now like with Africans like. It, it's changed a bit, but, you know, there's still some kind of misconception about, like, Africans and how, you know, we're poor and stuff like that. But now I, I feel like it's gotten a little better. Because yeah. Of, like, some people are portraying it on media now. Like, a little pe- like more people are more open to culture and learning more about it through, you know, just yeah. the, sh- the clothing that we wear and stuff like that. So, yeah. Definitely. And people being opening to like visit the countries, the countries in Africa. So I I agree. And I think even back in like 2016 or 2019, I forgot which year, but it was the year of return. And I think a lot of people were going back to Ghana just to, you know, find their roots. I remember, I think Diggy Simmons, the guy from Gronis went there, um, Ludacris. I think even Beyonce's mom went to Ghana. Even Cardi Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying that they want to build. I think Steve Harvey was one of them. He wants to build houses there or something. Yeah. They should. I think it's very important to, um, I guess, if you're you're going to go visit, just leave an impact, do something. Make it better. That's what I'm trying to say. Improve upon what can be improved upon. So, yeah. Yeah, because most of us, most African countries are still very, very young. Mm-hmm. So there's still a lot of room for improvement. Oh, yeah. yeah. So going to the next general topic, um, it's really much growing in America, growing up in America with African roots and kind of like our experience with that. So I love Courtney start with that. Okay, so for me personally, um... Growing up with African roots, I was pretty much exposed to like a lot of things, um, going to African parties or weddings and things like that. Um, I didn't really learn the language like I would have liked to, but it's fine. You can always learn later on. Um, uh, Also, having to reach with other people, I guess, telling them that I'm African, there's always this conception that would pop up. So I kind of, I would refrain from ever bringing it up, honestly. I don't. I think it was a little bit of an embarrassment because I know how it was at the time. So um, yeah, I would I would refrain from bringing bringing it up. And sometimes I just be like, I don't know if you ever had these experiences where it's like where your mom would be or your parent would be out in like a store and they're speaking tree and they're yelling so loud. Like, <laughs> Those WhatsApp calls cannot hold on for. Oh my, no remember wait before even WhatsApp. Remember the calling cards. The they yeah, all I those doing that almost every single day. Oh my life. goodness! Like, WhatsApp came. It was a big thing. <laughs> <for them. laughs> no more zero one one two three three every single day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back home. Zero one one two three three. I almost memorized almost every single number. Oh my like it was crazy. But yeah, getting into more serious things, I guess for me personally, like going to school. Um, other with other African kids who had long last names or long names in general, and people would 
would butcher the names and not know how to pronounce it or just give them the nicknames. That kind of offended. Like, even though I don't have a long name, long after I felt like that was offensive. Things like that kind of got to me. Um, I guess, um, yeah, wanting, I, I, I pretty much had a good um, idea of what Ghana was like. I had been there a few times, but I, I don't think I ever set myself down to be like, okay, this is where I'm from. These are where my roots are. Like, I know a lot about my history and culture, not too much. I think I learned more about that as I got older. Um, but yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't horrible, but I did have some experiences that, that were not the best, you know? Yeah. I guess I'll put it like that. Yeah. And I feel like I'm in a similar boat, but besides the visiting Ghana, cause I still haven't visited Ghana at all. So I think for me, like I kind of put more pressure on myself, like, especially when I was younger to learn more about Ghana and like kind of my culture. So anytime I got the chance, I would be like, Hey mom, what does this mean? Like if they say something in tree or like if I hear a song, I'm like, oh wait, mom, what does that mean? And then just kind of growing up in America as well, I think I think I always really realized that I was Ghanaian because of already I was kind of exposed to it a lot. So I think with school, not really, but just like at home. Cause at the time when I was really young, my grand aunt still lived with me. So every day would be like, and she just had come from Ghana. So every day, always speaking tree, like just learning like little things here and there. And just, I mean, my elementary school and my middle school at the time, like during my, during my years there, I, there wasn't a lot of Ghanaian people, like there were a few. So, I mean, every time I got the chance, it's kind of like you cling on to that. And yeah, so I think, it wasn't really a shock for me, but I have had like my up and downs with it. Just like, I think kind of like the whole imposter syndrome syndrome of like being a child of an immigrant, just finding where you fit in. So I think that was like my main problem, I guess, with growing up in America and just feeling kind of distant at times, especially with the language barrier, barrier because I mean, I can understand, but that's only for free. So that's not really with like, that doesn't really resonate with like my mom when she speaks different languages. So I think that was kind of the barrier or kind of what pulled me back because I felt like I was, like I'm like I'm excluded from it. So that's kind of my experience with that. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, um, no, I, I definitely um, agree with you on the whole, you feeling like excluded and stuff. Yeah, I I have my experiences with that as well. But I think we're gonna get a little bit more into that like later on. We have a lot of things pertaining that issue. So we're gonna continue on to social media and their perspective on Africa and Africa, African African, I guess, um, things that became trendy and how it is now. So I just want to begin by saying um there was a obviously with what we've been saying, there's obviously things that we've been like I don't want to say persecuted. I don't know if that's too much of a harsh word to use, but I guess made fun of for things. So social media definitely has made an effect where people want to go back like year of return and go visit and wear dashikis and start trying dishes that they've never tried before and things like that. And now it's being more, I want to say glamorized um, instead of, oh, it's definitely accepting of the cult. The people in society are definitely accepting of the culture more, but it's definitely glamorized because myself and Erica, um, 
we've grown up on these things. So it wasn't anything like big, like, okay, you're eating food. Great. But it's like, Oh my goodness. Like very different for many people, which is understandable because they didn't grow up with this culture trying to get back to their roots. But we're like, we've been doing this for the longest time. And you guys are the same ones calling us to stay. Our food stinks. It's nasty. So I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's my take. Social media has definitely shifted the perspective immensely. So. Yeah. And I think, totally agreeing with Courtney. It's just been glamorized and romanticized the same way that TikTok romanticizes New York City so badly and the same way that a lot of people come for Africans, especially Nigeria. Like, no, I'm not saying anything bad about Nigeria, but I feel like they know one African country and they're like, oh my goodness, like they cling on to it. Like the same way, like if they hear one thing about Kenya, they cling on to it. They hear one Ghana, they cling on to it. Onto and it they, yeah. That's the that's how Africa is entirely, which is not the case because we're all very, very different. But yeah, same thing that Courtney was saying, kind of with the dashiki, which is not even really called dashiki, it's called Angelina. And even Kente, that too, a lot of people have been wearing it. And I would have never thought that the same clothing that I wear to church, that people are just wearing it casually on the streets now. Yeah. But yeah. And just the whole thing with the Fufu challenge as well on TikTok earlier in 2020, that was very surprising for me because I was like, I eat this every other day. Like, I never thought it would become a trend. Yeah. Wow. And that's the point where I was just like scrolling past it. I was like, God. Because it was getting disrespectful. Like, a lot of people were spinning it out on camera. There's a lot of different ways to go about it, and that's not one of them. Like, that was just disrespectful mm. you can just like it but i mean you don't have to really <laughs> downplay like this is what people grew up on so i mean because some some things that they might do we might be like why would you eat that why would you do that but who am i that's that's what, how you were raised you were brought up is what you like it's what you do then i guess you can have the same respect vice versa so yeah, yeah. like I know not every Ghanaian likes every single food. Yeah, of course. They don't sit here and like disrespect it like every single day or put it like for the whole public to see. Yeah. So So since we got into that, I we're gonna shift over to America versus where we're we are from, which is Ghana, and what our opinion is on both sides. So Erica can start off with that. Yeah, so I guess like how I said earlier, like I've never really been to Ghana. It's kind of like I just hear everything through experiences or when I talk to family members. So I can't really say much of like the lifestyle difference, but I guess just based off what I've heard, I guess America has this, it's just very fast paced. Like we live in a capitalist country. So everything is pretty much fast paced. Everything is like, go, go, go. But I feel like based off of what I've heard about Ghana, it's very more like relaxed. And I mean, obviously you're still hustling, but it's just not the same kind of hustle culture, if if that makes sense. So, I mean, I can't really say too much unless I actually visit and take the time to actually take in everything. So Courtney, I think you can like back on that a little bit more. Yeah, so for me personally, um, I when I visit Ghana, it's obviously mostly to see family and 
to all that. And then I guess the difference would definitely have to be like Erica said, the hustle, the hustle culture is a lot. It's more relaxed. It's not as fast paced. Like everybody's kind of doing what they need to do. Um, but at the same time, Ghana is like people very, very, very hardworking, like very hardworking people. I remember writing one of my college essays on it and I just remember reflecting like, yes, these people are very hardworking. Um, I remember there was a story, I'm not trying to go off topic. Um, a family member told me about one time he got to Ghana and he remember it's it's very hot there, right? Like <laughs> we're right next to the equator. It's very, very hot. And there was a guy in the suit. And I think he, he just came out of the airport and he was just trying to sell things and nobody was buying anything. Mind you, he's in this heavy suit and he's just sitting there waiting all day just to sell things. Like things like that is just like, it's crazy to me. You know, very, very hardworking, very humbling experience, I have to say. Yes, there are there are nice parts. Obviously, there are poor parts as well. And whenever I do go to those areas, it's just, it's so humbling to me because I complain a lot about the things that I don't have. But when I go back, I'm like, wow. I'm not even trying to like perpetuate that stereotype of like, oh my goodness, like they're so poor. But seriously, like I have so much to be thankful for. And America gives you a lot of opportunities, despite the casualties we have and a lot of things going on that don't seem too up to par. We do have a lot of opportunities that a lot of people back home do not have and do not have the resources for. So I'm grateful for both experiences. I don't really want to say I have a preference for one country over the other. Um, I've learned a lot from both hands. My parents are very hardworking and they're about hardworking back home, but they wanted more for themselves and their children. So I definitely respect that a lot on both hands. And even like just to go to um, the hustling culture as well, like what you were saying about in Ghana, like you see videos and you just hear stories about women mm -hmm. literally selling stuff on the street, carrying stuff on their head and just selling them and be like, you know, I'm trying to earn a living simple stuff like that so like when i say like the hustle culture is like not the same but like, i'm not like trying to downplay yeah like, downplay it. like i'm still trying to say like they're very hard working because i see the way that like like what you said like your parents are very hard working i see the way that my parents work every single day so and just to go into our next topic is kind of the racism or colorism and how it's prominent in Ghana. So I'll let Frank start off. Okay, so racism, not anymore since the colonizers have left years and years ago. Um, colorism, most definitely. But colorism to Africans is, or I want to, let's, let's be more specific. Ghanians, it's not really a thing. They don't really understand what colorism is, I want to say, a good amount of them. If you tell them, oh, colorism, they're like, what, what is that? But it exists. So I'll give an example. Erica and I watched a YouTube video one time and the lady was in Ghana and she was a lighter skinned lady and she had her friends who were dark skinned and she said, which one would you pick? The guy said, I'd pick the dark skinned woman and not because she's pretty, not, not, not because she's pretty, not because he's attracted to her or whatever, but because she's, she doesn't have as much maintenance as a light skinned woman would have. Light skinned women are put up um, on a, a pedestal where they are worth a lot much more like they deserve a lot of they're expensive you have to buy them purse you have to buy them you have to maintain that while darker skinned women you don't have to do any of that they'll just work and do what they're told and they won't complain but they call them what do they call them fair skin fair skin women are just so so high maintenance and you know things like that so you can tell again there's colorism but they don't know the word to define what it is it's definitely not in their vocabulary 
Oh. They're probably going to be like, what is that? Damn. They're literally like, like bleaching products in the front of their stores. There's some still here. Like you go to the African markets. There's even one in Getty Square. I'm pretty sure you'll find it there. Yeah. So yeah, it's very, it's a very big issue. Like, like what you, Courtney was even saying, a lot of the men really prefer, like that's their preference, yeah. which obviously doesn't make sense for it to be a preference. Yeah. yeah, preference is just being a colorist. A colorist, yeah. Yeah, and with the racism, yeah, it's <laughs> pretty much not good there no more. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, like if you get off the plane, you're going to find people that look exactly like you, so don't even worry about <laughs> yeah. like there's I think the only thing, like, there's there's not going to be anything there. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I think... Wait, what? No, I'm agreeing with you. Like, nobody's going to kick you out because you look the same. Like, <laughs> we all look the same. Like, once you get off the plane, they're going to know. Like, that's pretty much it. It's fine. Yeah. This may be tribalism, I guess. But, but even that... Even that is just... Yeah. <laughs> so, fine. Just the colorism. Just the colorism, right. Um, but I was also going to add, the first time I saw a bleaching, like, skin product, I was so shocked. Because you hear about these things, you see them on the internet. And I was like, I don't know why I thought it wasn't real. Like, I knew it was real. But just seeing it in person, I was, oh, my goodness. They, they, they disguise it as lotion. So there's so many different ways. It might not, it not It's not going to say, oh, change your skin color. It's not going to say that. It's going to say skin lightening lotion or this or that. I so, have, like, this light skin. Light skin. Light skin yeah. Up and I'm just like. Oh, so just regular lotion. And I'm just like, wait, no, it's not. Yeah. And that can honestly, I've seen the way it like affects women's skin. And sometimes it doesn't come out the way you expect it to come out. So, but. It's coming a little. Let's not get into that. We're not estheticians. Yeah, we're not estheticians, but I'm just, I'm just going to keep it like that. Yeah. (laughs) It's a thing. (laughs) So, yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's pretty much our take on that. Uh, so the next question is, how does being first-generation American and being raised by cultural parents um, affect your outlook on life or yourself? So for me, I guess, I kind of mentioned this already, but the whole thing with like imposter syndrome, like feeling like you don't belong in either, um, how do I say this? Like either cultures, like in America, you're too Ghanaian, but then in Ghana, I'm too Americanized or I'm too Western. So I just feel like sometimes there is like that confusion. But then again, I just always reassure myself at the end of the day that I'm always going to be Ghanaian, no matter how much someone tells me, oh, I'm not Ghanaian if I don't know this or if I don't know the language as well as someone that who was actually born there because even now there's a lot of kids there i'm pretty sure that are even losing it they're not even speaking tree like on a regular basis they're speaking english so for you to tell me that you know i'm less Ghanaian because of that shouldn't be a valid reason um and i think also like being raised by cultural parents or just immigrant parents i think that culture has really affected me because I feel like I carry it everywhere I go. Like, I feel like I can't really separate myself from being Ghanaian or even the respect that I know or I was raised on. Because even like how we mentioned the tradition of always using our right hand, even to someone that who isn't Ghanaian, I still use my right hand for everything I do. 
So just to show respect, even though they may not even know what that means. And yeah, and just even like some of the proverbs that I guess like we've kind of been familiar with. Like I don't know everyone, but my mom would tell me one like from time to time and it'll just pop up, pop up in my head randomly. So I think that also like just carries with me like everywhere I go, so. Yeah, um, I agree. I think for me, mostly would be my work ethic. I think knowing where I'm from and who my parents are and what they've done to just get to the point um, that they are now, it's just me just trying to be the best I can be. And in a way, it's the, there's a pro and a con to it. I just always want to do my best, execute things perfectly. And from my experiences with people, friends, and family members, it can not only affect me negatively, but it can affect the people I'm around because sometimes um, I guess I don't know how to, re- it's not necessarily that I don't know how to relax. It's just when it comes to doing work and getting things done, I just need them to be, hey, you know, like if my parents could do this and how come you are, you and I can't do this. And I think it's not, it's not my fault. It's not the person's part fault. It's just the way I've been raised. And I just need to, I think, better understand that not everyone's like that. Not everyone needs to be going so hard all the time. Like you, you can take a step back and, and let loose. Um, so definitely my work ethic. I, I know I tried my best to excel and maybe some people might see it as a know-it-all or trying too hard, but it really was just, it came from a, it came from a positive place. Just knowing that like, I need to do what I need to do. Okay. My parents didn't come here and do all this for nothing. Um, so I feel like also it was kind of like a weight on my shoulder. I'm like, I need to, I fail. Like, yeah. This is it, you know, but it's, it's not always like, you got to take a step back. As well as just, like Erica said, being respectful. Um, you, there's just no way you can escape the culture you, you've been raised on. It's, it's just, that's just who you are. It makes you, it makes a part of who you are. So I, I'm, I'm thankful for that. And I've learned a lot. I'm still learning. And I hope to learn even more as I grow older about where I come from and, you know, who we are as people and things like that. Yeah. And I feel like, especially with the word ethic, because I feel like at times, especially with school, because I think this is just a main factor for everyone. I feel like I have to work so hard just to end up somewhere because my parents have come such a long way. Like coming to America at first wasn't even easy for any parent or any like immigrant family. So I think with that, just gives me that motivation to keep moving forward, even despite, you know, like, just wanting to give up or just wanting to lose motivation. So I think that also has just carried on with me and just even the way my parents work now and I see it. So, yeah. And you can definitely see that contrast with, and this is not saying American kids are, are, are stupid or anything. You can definitely see the contrast with American kids and then cultural, like immigrant, immigrant, immigrant kids, because there's a lot of, there, I guess you could say there's a lot more at risk. I mean, on both parties, but there's a lot more at risk with immigrant children because a lot of them, stereotypes honestly is real like the there are a lot of parents who are crushing the kids like you need to be like this you need to do this because when you come all this way and I've had conversations like this with family members you know as you grow older you do what you need to do you do what makes you happy but I think it all stems from the my family's they're 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 counting on me to, to achieve this to do this this needs to get done so um I think there was a point where I was like I will do anything to get to the top of where I need to be I will do anything um, so there has to be a balance. You can't yeah. always be hustle, 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 and no sleep. No, you need to also enjoy what you're doing. You need to enjoy learning. You need to enjoy your, your life experiences because there's no, once again, there's no destination. This is all a journey and yeah. 
So that's about it. <laughs> yeah. And I think the last episode, like the mental health episode, really helped me reflect on that because I'm thinking that the hustle culture, the hustle, the hustle culture is really like what's going to keep us moving. But what happens when you don't rest or you take that, you know, that little breather that you need during the week? Mm-hmm. So that really helped out. Exactly. And what, okay, so for the next question or kind of our next topic is, do you feel as though you fit in both categories of being American and your culture? Okay, so I know Erica got into this a lot more earlier. Um, so I guess I'll specify. I think the scary part for me was um, growing up and my parents not teaching me the dialects. I have a goodie. I have a goodie. I have a pretty much a good um, understanding of what they're saying for the most part. I'm I'm like very rough when I'm speaking. I can say certain things and Erica be like, oh, so you do, or you do know this, or you do know that. Like once in a while, I'll surprise people and they're like, oh, I didn't even know you were listening. I really do observe and take a lot of things in. So I kind of, I kind of mislead people that I know less than what I actually know. I actually know a lot more, but I think it was just discouraging not to be taught. And I, my parents are trying to, well, we'll teach you now, but it's kind of like, for what, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, um, uh, I think is it would be if, if I got married and I were to have kids, if I decided to have kids, I feel like I would have lo- I would just lose the culture because I don't know much. I don't know what to teach them. What do I teach them? I don't even speak the dialect. So that kind of scared me. Like, oh my goodness, my kids are going to be whatever, Ganyan or this or that. And they're not even going to know much about, you know, about this and that. And I just kind of, I just kind of wish my parents did a lot more of that. It's not their fault. Obviously, you know, you don't have time to be really drilling your kids, like about all these things, but I feel like it could have been implemented in my life. Because I do feel left out a lot of times when I was would be meeting up with Gunyan family members and they'd be talking about this. And even sometimes Erica, I'd be feeling a little imposter. She'd be like, Oh, I have imposter. No, you know a lot more than me. Sometimes I used to feel like I wanted to cry because I feel like I didn't know anything. So I kind of was hesitant to even find Gunyan friends because I knew they went to God. Like Erica goes to Gunyan church. I never went to Gunyan church. Like there's we have lots of Gunyan communities. Like I was not a part of a lot of those things. And um it also ties into a lot of other things that happen which is not really important I won't bring up but it just I felt left out in a way so I guess meeting Erica I'm not even gonna last I'm gonna show exaggerating putting on to like a lot of things that I didn't even know about and I'm not even trying and this is like creds to you she's gonna be like oh my goodness no like but it's the truth so that's how I felt um yeah so now my parents are a little bit more open to like, having conversations with me about it I guess and then going back home, I guess you would say, oh, it would help because you go to Ghana. But believe it or not, just because you go to Ghana doesn't mean you're learning all these new things. You know, Ghana is very Americanized now, very Westernized. So things are changing a lot. You're going to meet a lot of family members that don't even speak the language. So, yeah, you have to yeah. take it's not the same where you go. You go visit your, your grandma in the village. And you're going to go help her do this, and do that. I've never even been to the village. My, my grandparents was like, no, you're not going to the village. You're not going to be used to that. You see, you need experiences like this, but hey. So now I, I went in the village to just pound for food. No. One time. They wouldn't let me go. They said that I would be scared because there was no lights and things like that. That's what happens when you're too American. You, you don't think that you're ready for those experiences. But I feel like I'm at the age where why not? Why not learn? Yeah. Um, and there was also like the language barrier that Erica brought up. I was, my great grandparents, they spoke, 
tree um, and I could, they never spoke English and they couldn't even pronounce my name. So they just called me by my Ghanaian name and Kukwa. I'll just say it, you know? Um, so every time I try to pronounce Courtney, they go like, Courtney, Courtney. So they just like, forget it. I can't pronounce it. Like, so. Even for me, I'm, I'm ready for the people to say Elekan. Because <laughs> I've already had people say it here. So it's like, I, I'm right. So yeah, just with the language, like I've always had this conversation with my parents, especially my mom. Because she knows Ella and Gunk like to the max. Like, if she like if her brother were to come here right now, they would only speak that. They would never ever ever speak tree. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever heard her speak tree at all. Like even to her dad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I think the language barrier has always been a main problem with me. And just like how we were saying, like with the traditions, since like we kind of go towards like our dad's side my parents felt as if they didn't really need to teach like my like like Edward on my mom's side and girl so I didn't really like I don't really know much like I remember I went to like a family event and it was like for my mom's side and they were all speaking Edward like none of them spoke tree and I was just bawling because I was like I don't understand anything I was literally so confused and I felt so excluded like I think that they like actually showed me like okay like I will never ever ever know because she has never like I don't even know one single word like and I just feel like when I go to see like parent I mean family on my mom's side it'll be much more difficult for me because I really don't know anything I think Uh for me like I'm so centered with like Ashanti people and this tree in general that like even even my church like even there's some people that who speak different languages, but they're so centered on just speaking tree that it's so difficult for like, even if your dad spoke gun, they won't ever speak it because they're just so centered on speaking tree. And, you know, and already Ashanti is the biggest tribe, I think. So they're more dominant with that. So yeah, just with the languages, but I hope to learn something soon. Something but soon. yeah. I agree. I feel like my, my, I wasn't, it wasn't too bad for me because obviously I don't speak the language so it was but my parents just got frustrated really easily and just like gave up so I don't know what was up that but fancy like my dad being fancy my mom being like Chauncey the languages are so similar there wasn't really much of a contrast like here and there the fancy is like you know the maze the maze like whatever little things like that but my mom speaks tree adan ga fancy so that was I was like you know what just let me stick with the tree I'm not even going to go into all of that because I know her siblings don't even speak all of that. They only speak tree. So my mom, I think she was just, because she was the oldest, it was just kind of, okay, we're just going to do this because we can't. But yeah. I wasn't expecting to learn all of them. The least I was expecting was tree because, yeah, you know. And, and also even our parents being here before, I don't want to take up too much time. Even our parents being here, believe it or not, a lot of them have forgotten some words that they were, they were taught. I like I sometimes I, I remember and I'm like um like what what word is that like it's just like it's kind of confusing so I don't know it's, it's just very interesting how it affects us and they might not see it as a big deal but yeah. for me like I'm probably scared to go to an event with Erica and if it was in Ashanti I'd be like um yeah girl invite me to the next one because I'm not going to be embarrassed in front of everyone but yeah I think so, oh sorry no go ahead but well I was going to say like I think for me like 
my dad doesn't really forget, but it's just that he forgets that he can speak tree sometimes. Like, mm. and he's like, oh, wait, start speaking tree. And I'm like, but you already said, like, and then he's like, oh, wait, like, I forgot, like, to code switch or something like that. Mm. And then with my mom, was like, oh, like, she casually forgets everything in tree. Like, she'll be like, oh, well, it's not my first language, so that's why I forget. And, like, even really, she's like, don't ever give me anything to read because... Oh, yeah, no, my, I don't think both, I don't think any, oh, my dad, I think he knows how to read fancy and write or something, he learned, but my mom never, I don't think she ever learned with that, but yeah, for sure, I get what you're saying, I'm not, I'm not trying to learn the grammar, I just want to learn the speaking language, I don't need to, a lot of our family members don't even learn how to write or read it, so I don't think it's, yeah, they don't, they only, like, that was, like, the great, great grandparents were doing all that, but our, our parents' generation before that, they weren't even, so I I don't take it as a big, like, a big deal with that, yeah. I think only like my dad, and that's mm-hmm. because like his Bible was a true. That's what my dad said. It was his Bible. His Bible was a yeah, fantasy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was, just a, it was just a coincidence. It wasn't like they were taking the time out to go and yeah, yeah. Um. So with all that being stated, what is our outlook on immigrants or immigration policies set forth here in the states as products of immigrants or immigrants ourselves? So I think just the immigration policy in america in itself since we are like products of immigration and are just so related with it like it is a sensitive topic for me because i've been so affected by it like through various things like just with my parents and so on so i do feel like the immigration policies that we have now definitely needs to be changed because there's a lot a lot of you know just problems within it that affects a lot of different families just even going back home or just seeing family members like what we see now through social media with ice which is terrible there's even there's even a documentary on netflix about it i forget the name but it explains everything that happens with ice and how it affects like different families like every family is different but just the separation and everything is just very disgusting at times because it just hurts that we can't even see family that you know we haven't seen for so long like so yeah yeah I have to agree I think as someone who you know came to this country my parents came to this country it's a very sensitive topic and there's a lot of issues that need to be fixed and improved on um it's just like disheartening to just see like some of these videos and and I don't know who would not get emotional towards it. I think you would have to kind of be desensitized to not even react to these things. Obviously, as immigrants or a product of immigration, you are more empathetic. You sympathize with these people a lot more than people who are not and were raised in America and, you know, never have had these experiences. A lot of them don't understand or they're not willing to understand. So, um, yeah, there, there needs to be improvements on both sides with politicians and obviously the governing the governing of other countries there's a reason why these people are coming here because those governments need to be improved upon on both on both ends there's just a lot that needs tuning up on so yeah that's that's pretty much it but we want to thank you guys so much for listening and um taking the time to listen to our third episode of this easy we really hope you enjoyed um learning more about where we are where we are who we are come from how we've been raised and just getting to know us a little bit better on a personal level so thank you
Yeah, and just like Brittany said, thank you once again for listening. And I hope you guys all learned something more about Ghana and kind of our personal experience on it. So I hope you guys, you know, tune in for our next episode. But um, I hope you guys also follow us on our Instagram, twice as easy. And Courtney's, Courtney can say her username on Instagram. <laughs> C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y-G-R-A-C-E. That is Courtney Grace. Um, if you don't know, my name is hyphenated. I just want to put that out there. Because a lot of people think my name is just Courtney. <laughs> But it's actually Courtney Grace. I go by Courtney Grace. So that is my username. Um, and then twice as easy, like Erica said, E-C, like E-C, okay? Yep. And then Erica's going to give hers because hers just confuses me so much. So, <laughs> But yeah, so mine's Erica, but without the I. So it's E-R-X-C-A and then dot zero nine. So hopefully that's easy for you guys to remember. And only the people that who are really close to Courtney Grace can actually call her Courtney. Me. Yeah. <laughs> so I let it, but it's interesting. I kind of like, because my dad calls me Courtney, obviously. Okay, real quick before we end this, my name, my mom wanted Grace and my dad wanted Courtney. So they just combined it. So my dad only calls me Courtney. If I'm in trouble, he'll call me Courtney Grace. Like I know I'm in trouble when I get called Courtney Grace. So my mom just calls me like, Mommy, you know, mommy, like whatever. She'll call me those little names, but she doesn't call me, you know, when I'm in trouble, I don't know. Hey, Brittany Grace. Yeah, that's it. But yes, my close, close, close friends, people that I'm comfortable with, they call me Courtney. I'm not going to give up a fuss. But if I don't know you, you over here calling me Courtney, get it right. Yeah. But anyway. We should have explained kind of our names. Names in the beginning. Yeah, sorry. Uh, like the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you guys really know us, then. I mean, we can always touch up about Ghana more. More later on, exactly. All right. So thank you guys again. And bye. Bye.